Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer here with Max Carlin as always and PD Webb at Above the Break 3, continuing our discussion on the combo bigs of the 2021 draft class and some more 2021 and related stuff for, for our Catching Eye segment. So thank you all for listening and let's get into the episode. The wait is finally over. A triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to BetOnline today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Whether um, progress or not, should should we move on to the final one of our weirdo morassive bigs, Greg Brown? Sure, let's talk about Greg Brown. Uh, like you said, played with Cade Cunningham, Texas Titans, ridiculous vertical, you know, horizontal athlete. The the first the first the, you know, he he and Cade were a match made in heaven. Um. Having a lot, he's probably never in his career gonna have a lob threat or a passer like Cade to play with. And Cade won't have a lob threat as good as Greg Brown. No, Greg Greg Brown is like an all time like wingy forward lob threat. I mean, his his vertical explosiveness is unbelievable. Um, but like, and I mean, he like, and that manifests obviously as like a play finisher in transition, even running some pick and rolls as a cutter. All of that's unbelievably overwhelming, and I think it's gonna continue to be. And then defensively. You know the 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 quick jump, some of the rotations he's able to make, even if the processor itself isn't that great. I think you know just the tools, at least at the level he's playing at, totally covered for that. Which obviously is a concern of mine going forward, going up levels, is that as you know the, the thresholds for for decision making, uh, speed and and you know acuity go up. Uh, I don't know if Brown's going to compete there, but right now, and I think for the foreseeable future, he's going to be just fine there. Um, the concerns with him are again like. What does he like do on offense? Because he's not a five. Um, I think that I think that his athletic ability is crazy enough that he can do enough as like a role man, a cutter, a just like clean up garbage guy. I think I don't know. I'm less sold on that as he gets to the NBA. I mean, I think that he definitely will be able to do that. Like, for I mean, sure. he's like really, really special as a vertical athlete. Like, like 
who in the NBA is better than him other than Zion? Ja. I mean, I think that he's one of the four best athletes in America um, in terms of this high school class, which has some absolutely ludicrous athletes. Yeah, yeah. I, he's really special. Um, I feel like, I mean, PD, what do you think about literally everything else in his game besides the, like, one-of-a-kind vertical athleticism? Um, so... I think that something that we need to talk about before we get there is the frame. Yeah. Um, he's not as like, he's from football country, but he's not as built as you want uh, in terms of physical development. Um, talk to Polar about this and we all think that one leg is longer than the other, um, which the history of that is super concerning. Um, it's very hard to fix and it generally can lead to some, uh, you know, uh, overcompensation injuries. Um, obviously, don't want that for anybody. But I haven't really gotten a firm hold on what can be done structurally to overcome that, um, especially for a guy who's as like hilariously athletic as, as Greg Brown is. Um, he took a lot of threes in high school. Um, his attempt rate is like uh, almost forty. Oh, from what? Uh, yeah, it's forty from yeah. uh, self-reported stats. Um, he got to the line a lot which is encouraging um there are you like with skinny guys you can find some issues but he like tries to dunk everything possible so he gets yeah. fouled at a time um how do you guys feel about his defensive awareness because like to me he should be he guard fours or like ones i don't like love it um like i said i think like a lot of it doesn't matter at this stage because of the like the, the the tools where like it doesn't matter if he's two steps late his two steps like are going to be like quicker and, and more explosive than a guard's five steps like he's going to get there and spike a shot that you know the majority of basketball players in the history of the planet would never be able to sniff um but i think just from like a raw processing standpoint i think he misses rotations you know to the point where like there's there's ones that i'm like someone his athletic should be getting that every single time and he doesn't get it every single time, which I think is concerning. Yeah, the stocks um, in EYBL were a little discouraging. Yeah, like, having like, an alt, like another yeah. excellent communicator on his team with Cade. Right. Like, I mean, he's very really good, like as a team defender, but like he should be better given his tools to me. Um, and then just like some of the perimeter awareness and rotation to me also isn't great. Like a straight. I, I'm also like I think his mobility, like he moves a little weird. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. weird because one of his legs is longer. Yeah, than he moves weird. Like, uh, like it, it, it's like the the recovery tools and, like, the explosion and, like, that. that's all so, so elite. But, like, I don't really like much of what else he has on defense. Um, so I'm, like, a little – I'm concerned about that. Yeah, I think that he kind of has to be a, uh, a fast twitch rotation guy um, in terms of, like, hunting passing lanes. Um He's a guy I would have loved to see go to Florida State. That would have been amazing, um, just mm-hmm. to have him in the in the rotation machine. Yeah, um, Te- Texas is going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that a thing that stands out when you watch him in high school is he takes so many side steps and step backs, which like is fine, but the balance on them is so bad. He but, likes tough shots. He yeah, really he, likes. He really likes tough shots. Dunks, over, like, dunks and dunks and tough jumpers. Like that's that's kind of the diet for Greg Brown. Yeah, and I mean, he's good for an East Bay game, which is also really fun. Uh, but 
I think that getting him stabilized is more of a challenge than it is for pretty much everybody else because of the, um, the leg deficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's going to take a very intensive training staff effort to make sure that every single jumper he takes off and la- he takes off, takes the jumper and lands on balance um, for basically every prospect since T-Mac, who I believe had the same issue and also had a degenerative knee condition from landing on the same leg over and over again. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent on that T-Mac. It's like a, a pretty solid. I think I have the list in the Greg breakdown, the Greg Brown breakdown, but I cannot find it at this moment. Um, I, I have worries about this Texas situation. I think that we'll get a hint for what work has been done on his body with like when he just takes jumpers off the movement. Cause I mean, he went to Texas and that's kind of what they have um, in terms of, of offensive skill. So we'll see when he takes his first, you know, side step three, which I think that like, I was impressed with his space creation mm-hmm. um, in terms of like how much like people try to stay close to him. Cause like the handle is a little shaky. But he gets he covers some ground on this. Yeah. Well, it's because I mean, like, there's just so much so much explosion on that step back. Like the the power he it's just like the the most powerful like step back space creation. He's also huge. Like he's just a large person taking step back jumpers. Like yeah. he's yeah. Uh, PD, do you have confidence in in him as like a pick and pop three guy eventually? Maybe. Um, I didn't like how he set screens. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's sort of an underpicked part thing, but like, it's not, it's not KD where he's just like, I'm not doing this because it's above my pay grade. Um, but I thought that he was an okay screen setter for Cade um, in the Texas side stuff. He didn't do a whole bunch of screen setting um, because he was a, a primary creator in his high school situation. Um, the passing reads are slow. I think that he can pick out some okay passes. He doesn't have necessarily everything in uh, in his bag in terms of uh, release location and release placement or and and pass placement. Yeah, but he picked out some some good reads. I mean, he's faced doubles basically, you know, every second of his high school career. So I think that he handles that pressure well. And he has some willingness too. I think. Yeah, yeah he's I not think, a black hole. I don't think. No, I think that he's a better passer at the same stage than like Jeremy Grant. Mm-hmm. Who's like a comp? Who's like an archetype? Not necessarily a comp, like an archetype that has similarity of just dudes who it's like if they run through the paint, do not jump with them. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's kind of the idea, right? That like he's a legitimately special vertical athlete, um, and there's a lot you can do with that. Like that, there is a lot of utility in that, and that doesn't mean draft them in the top five. But you know, if you're talking this group of weird, like forwardy big guys who don't necessarily have a position, but have some abilities that are really valuable. Like he has a case. Yeah. I mean, I get the case for good for Greg Brown. Like there's certainly, you know, t- talk about the, the, you know, the special stuff. Like he has, he has the special stuff like that, that just most guys, most other basketball players simply never will. Yeah. I think that, um, He's somebody that could be a couple different archetypes depending on how things shake out. Um, the free throw uh, percentage has risen a little bit um, over over time. Like he gets the line a ton, and he's above set. He was above seventy percent for his uh, senior season after being at sixty for the UIBL season. So I think that there is um, there's reason to be optimistic on the touch. Um, for me, it's going to come down to uh, like how good of a rotational. Uh, events creator he is in this uh, in this year and how much balance work he can do on um, on the shot. Yeah, and I think that, that that'll be a big thing to watch for him in college because it re- like Ben said, it really can be hard to parse when you're watching AAU 
um, especially with like sometimes the organization level of AAU games is very, very low um, and defenses are, are weird and aggressive and, and like it's a very different game from college in, yeah. in a multitude of ways. And I think it's much easier to discern in college if a guy is late um, because he doesn't see something and can still, you know, what what would have been a highlight block in AAU, you know, will be an open layup in college. Not not 100% of the time, and that will get more extreme in the NBA when you have to be even faster. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I think he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. Um, I think there will be some very impressive highlights. But the, the, oh, yeah. I mean, I would, like, I would like him to be super foul-heavy in college mm-hmm. um, because that, you know, betrays an activity level. Mm-hmm. Um, not that he was too cool at times. Um uh with texas titans i just would like to see the mentality of like i go up and i get everything and even if that's foul heavy like he can learn how to do it but the uh, him being um conservative with fouls because he has a creation burden for me would be um, a negative or a sign of uh lesser development than a sign of of a positive one how much of an offensive role do you think he's gonna get at texas pb uh everything he can handle yeah yeah that might not be great Yeah. yeah i mean Interested to see how that that's, yeah, I don't know. Um, so the final two guys that we have that are like I I don't really think part of this group, but uh, we're going to mention. Uh, I think that they're just straight up a lot better than these guys for the most part, uh, and they're 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 different. Um, but they're Jalen Johnson and Evan Mobley. Jalen Johnson, uh, I think, is much more of a ball handler. Um, so for he, he's a six, eight, six, nine wingy forward, but like ball handler and also a big, basically he's a basketball player, um, who's, who's going to Duke, um, total weirdo. Like, I don't know that he's a better shooter than Isaac Okoro, but he is a far more willing shooter than Isaac Okoro. Um, I, I have a lot of skepticism of how he scores in the half court, uh, I don't really know that he does this. I, I like, yeah, I, I, he, he in transition in semi-transition is a pretty awesome vertical athlete with his just like smoothness and quickness off the ground and elevation. Um, I, I like him a good amount as a finisher with both hands, but like, I don't know that he can really self-create in the half court, but the flip side of that, of that is that maybe he's a big, um, so I, I think PD, you're you're pretty huge on Jalen Johnson. You want to give the the pitch for Jalen Johnson? So this is um, sort of the backup pitch for Jalen Johnson. Um, I remain very high on him as a creator, just because uh, guys who are that big, uh, who are that strong, and have that high of uh, passing instinct are you know worth their weight in gold. And mm-hmm. unlike Scotty, he's really willing to shoot and uh, presents different problems for a defense. Um, he's not the defensive prospect that Scotty is. But this is the backup bet that, like, if all of that is true, but he can't quite create enough, you can use him as a small ball for it. And um, the idea that he can have prospect hood in two different extremely valuable archetypes makes him an interesting player in this in this class and that he may be a creator, um, depending on how um, Coach K uses him. Um, but he also may be used as, like, a short roll guy who now you're giving him a tilted defense and – the shots that he finds most difficult, those off the dribble threes, are don't have to be worried about. 
it's wonderful and a good decision for a guy who's uh, a great athlete, a flat, uh, uh, an incisive passer um, who also has a handle. So I think that that's uh, an interesting pathway to value. I think that's – oh, go. Do, do you trust him rotationally in that role defensively? Long-term, yes. Right now, no. Uh, he gets up for matchups is probably the best way I would describe his defense. Mm-hmm. Like when they played Night Riders and they absolutely housed Night Riders, he was into that game in the joint rotation. But like if he, there were times where I was like, okay, he, he feels he's too good to you know make this rotation, which is fine for a high schooler. Um, Duke is a good place to go get yelled at if you miss a rotation. So like that's you know that's the thing that Duke is good for. Um, but like I think that in a world where he fails as a creator, he un- like he seems like the type of kid who understands. Um, uh, that like keeping him and making good rotations keeps him in the league. And while offensive feel and defensive feel um, aren't always sympathetic traits, um, they do inform the other and like knowing where the offense wants to put the ball will help him with defense long-term. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, a lot of points where with Jalen Johnson, where he kind of, you know, ha- is able to get a better shot than he does. I mean, like, like, like you said, like he likes like a lot of the tough threes, and like tough, like falling away mid-range floater kind of shots that he never should ever be taking. Where like he'll have a step or just be able to stride by a defender, uh, and just doesn't take it. So I really like the idea of him playing in a more secondary role, um, whether that's as a big or even like with some reps in the perimeter. Like obviously that'll depend a lot on his shooting, but I think that could be like an interesting long-term avenue for him to be like re- like like a, a really successful like big weirdo perimeter secondary. But I like the idea of him. You know, having that duality um, where there's the creator upside, um, a lot of stuff is, a, and, and if it doesn't hit that, there's the floor is like a really complimentary, really useful complimentary big there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I also am like pretty high on Jalen Johnson. I don't think I'm as high as PD as you are PD, but I, I'm very into Jalen Johnson in this class. Where would you take him in the 2020 draft? Uh, number one. Would you? I assume PD, you would take him number one as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, if we made the case for Scotty Barnes, like yeah, yeah, that's true. Although we made this case for Scotty Barnes in a very specific context. I mean, um, I think that Minnesota also wouldn't be hurt by having. Oh, you're you're talking specifically for Minnesota. Yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, like, if for whatever reason, Jalen Johnson shows up in the draft. Like tomorrow, he's registered for the draft. Yeah, like, I, I think I think he was actually old enough. He, uh, there, he there were at one point there were there were rumors. I, I, I tried to fan those flames in the hopes that uh, yeah. they would decide not to send him to uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium and said get him in this draft. And uh, they decided this is a better route. I understand, you know, given what happened with his senior year, that he might need a stabilization year. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's probably right, honestly. Like, yeah, most likely, it's certainly safer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm still really undecided on him. I think that he's he is very interesting. I think this fallback is a big man makes some sense yeah i i am maybe a little more skeptical of trusting him rotationally but the getting up for matchups thing is definitely true um i think that like yeah ben i mean you 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 kind of like downplayed that like leaner ability and stuff like that but i think that that does kind of matter and it's it's honestly like one of the self-creation pathways that i like trust for him most at this point in the half court that like he can actually get to those leaners and kind of hit them yeah i I think that I mean, kind he of, should be at the rim, I think, but like, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm not entirely confident he can really get there all the time just because I, I think that his half, I, I think that like 
horizontally he's not as explosive we've we've talked with ross before about how like his stride length is really small um yeah i just i think he's weird as a creator i think he's just weird all around he's 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 certainly weird yeah that's that's kind of why he fits in this group like he's a weirdo and maybe a handler and maybe a big and maybe something in between i mean i do think he's like also considerably better than like everyone we've talked about before yeah yeah he is um like maybe barring scotty in a perfect context but like the flip side of that is that jalen johnson in a perfect context is also very valuable yeah um but yeah, I I clearly prefer him to the other two that we t- or three two four two three I don't know a bunch of guys. Um, <sighs> so finally, we're going to briefly talk about Evan Mobley, who also is kind of a weirdo combo That's big super weirdo. What yeah. super weirdo? Yeah. Oh, I mean, just the yeah. Mobleys, both of them. I a strange. Yeah, so Evan and his older brother, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah was a freshman at USC this past year. It's pretty funny because Isaiah is like, you know, brilliant basketball intellect, but can't jump or really move or score or score in any way. Um, but, you know, super high feel, can handle the ball, can pass, like really just a smart, smart player. And then Evan has the same intelligence and ball handling and passing but is like most freakish coordination and mobility yeah is is like an all-time seven footer mover and his quickness and smoothness off the ground his coordination he's just like insanely does he have a reported seven five wingspan yes that's like like really in every respect except for strength he's very 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 weak and skinny um in every respect physically is just totally bonkers while having this really serious feel and handling ability. He's a total weirdo. I think that he's way better than the rest of these guys. Um, save for Jalen Johnson. I haven't made up my mind on him, but Mobley is way better than the guys that we initially included. Um, I mean, P- PD, how, how do you feel about uh, another one of these weirdos in, in Evan Mobley? So with Mobley, like I, in the way that I've sort of thought about this draft is you have Cade at, at one, and then there's sort of a, a tier of these jumbo size initiators, and then like overlaid that at like a thirty percent opacity is just the word Evan Mobley question mark question mark question mark. Pretty much, but, yeah. Uh, his junior season, I was like, this is you know, like a absolutely ludicrous big man. Like, uh, like watching him move sometimes, just like nothing will happen on the play, and you're like, that that's not supposed to happen. Like it's it's very. Uh, eldritch monster kind of way and then his senior year he like the only real competition he played was him versus referees on deciding what was a goal to end <laughs> frame up shots where it's like i'm gonna try to block this at its absolute highest point and then high school referees would be like you can't do that um i thought that it was a bit of a lost year developmentally um because he didn't seem to be as uh motivated it's not really the word but like the challenge was not there for him he could do whatever he wanted when he wanted to and like there would occasionally be matchups where you got to see like a hundred percent of him mobile, but for the most of the time it felt like he was uh you know future tripping into USC or into the league. Um I don't know how much he shoots. Um I don't know what the best usage for him is. You can view him as like a a, a humongous wing, you could view him as a, a extremely slight center. Um his rotational instincts are 
nuts. He'll get shots. Yeah. You just absolutely have like, if you watch certain like baseline views, he just comes out of absolutely nowhere to get it. And yeah. it's never with a fingertip. Like he gets the full yeah. hand and just will cut it. And he's, he's also the grabs king, the ball. He's also the king of keeping blocks in bounds. And then leading the break. And then yeah. and, the, and then getting an assist. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, it was it was strange to watch him play high school basketball last year. That's like the best way to say it. It was like yeah. belong there. And he also like gained very little from it. Um how do you guys feel about the jumper? Not great. I don't like it. Like no. not not like you know, not he's not like total non shooter level, but I am by no means banking on it. Um, the, the thing that I've like, I think kind of come back cause like initially I was with you like, Oh my God, this guy is an alien, like pretty easy number two in the class. Like he's pr- evidently pretty special. Um, and then I went hard in the other direction. Cause I, I think the, the only senior year game I'd seen was the disaster against Sierra Canyon. Um, but now I'm coming back around to the idea that like, why are we so certain that a non-shooting four can't be a thing. Like, I mean, Zion was just the number one overall pick and it's not good to comp guys to Zion and Mobley is very different from Zion. But like, he is actually a guy who's like kind of a once in a lifetime physical talent as well, while also being crazy high feel um, and legitimately skilled. Like it's going to take team building compromises or like, very attentive team building to extract value from Evan Mobley. But like there is a crazy amount of value to be extracted there. Like you're going to want to play him with some sort of a shooting five, but what that guy can do in like, I mean, they, they, they had situations with, with Rancho Christian where like he's operating out of horns and think about all of the options that you have with Mobley. Like they're then running like snug pick and roll with Evan Mobley handling like and he can do that and he can facilitate off of that like it's i would say he's most comfortable there like that's the that's the thing with mobley is that he's not um he's not a big who's learning guard skills he's He's a guard who's learning learning big skills yeah Yeah. but at the same time like he is a great feel for like you know operating out of the dunker spot and he can just get off the ground so quickly and just smash everything. Like he can get a quick seal and it's just a dunk, like in very Wiseman like fashion, but his leaping is actually like instantaneous. Um, and of yeah, course he hands. doesn't, he what? Has, his hands are like, a, like if Wiseman's weakest trait to me is that he has really bad hands. Mm-hmm. Like um, I would love to see at the combine, like grip testing, you know, mm-hmm. do some plate flip yeah. or, uh, you know, just see exactly how much pressure you can put on a basketball. Um, you know, one hand, two hand, that sort of thing. Like watching Mobley, he might be thin, but like he does not lose the ball as much as you think. And especially like with the, some of the catches that he makes, like it just fits into this wide pattern of coordination. The true and absolute tragedy is that after having a pretty up and down, mostly down senior year from a uh, challenge point of view, we now have to watch him play for Andy Enfield. Yeah. But we do get to see him playing with Isaiah again. Which yeah, is- like I think that the U- if the USC roster was given to anybody else, I'd be like, man, this is going to be a team I watch every single game of. Like this is up there with Tennessee for most fun. But it's Andy Enfield, and so now I'm like, I actually don't want this. I'd like, can we just fast forward? I'd just give me the tape. I don't want to go with the ups and downs of like figuring <laughs> out exactly what's going to go on here. Like the two of them together are so much fun. And have you guys gone back and watched that like TTO uh, Compton Magic game where it was the three Compton Magic bigs going up against TTO? 
When um, I got on Yeka and the Mobleys. Yes, I've yeah. I've seen so I saw some of those last year. Oh, it's it going back to watch it. You're just like, they had these three dudes on the same AU. Yeah. Oh yeah. So for people who don't know, yeah, I, on Compton Magic they played, played with Onyeka. 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 Yeah. So but, you had Isaiah Mobley, Evan Mobley, and Onyeka Kongwu on one team. It was it was pretty bonkers. Very strange and fun and crazy all at the same time. <laughs> but like when when Isaiah was on was still in high school on Rancho, like they were the most fun high school team. And this is this is pre like Death Star Montverde. Also, this is just like normal ridiculous Montverde. Um, like that Rancho team was so fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm still excited for it, even even with the coaching there. I think it's gonna be really fun. And like you said, like it's Cade and then these kind of jumbo initiator types that are that all have their own questions with the like weird Mobley cloud there also. But I I really I don't think I would take issue with someone telling me that they had Mobley too. Um, I like there are some really really one of a kind things to him, um, like from an intellectual standpoint, skills and physical abilities. I think he's pretty special. I, I've, I'm going to have him quite high. I'm probably going to have him as like a top five guy, which I, like it's it's a, like, yeah, his senior year was in many ways disappointing and stagnation is, is regression. But like it, it is surprising to me that he's kind of been so relegated by draft Twitter, given that he is like a hyper high fuel guy. Um, I think he's really good. I think he's like pretty special. Uh, I think really he's like top a top seven guy. Um, I've kind of felt that way. Like he's, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely you don't think he's like top two or three, but like I, yeah, I get it. Like, yeah, I, I, for me, I've just sort of refused to have uh, an extensive Evan Mobley opinion until like because he's gonna hit three jumpers in a game and people are gonna absolutely lose it. Yeah, but I, I don't even really care about the jumper. Like, right. I just mean that like the the flashes that he's capable no, of hitting on yeah. film are so wild that like I don't like if someone were to tell me that like they had Mobley one. I can understand why they would potentially. And this is yeah, I mean that's that's always been the thing, right? That like people yeah. have had for forever, <laughs> you know, had him above Cade. Um, and like I think yeah, I think you're right. Like the highlights that go around, um, like outside of draft circles that I've seen, are, are yeah, like crazy handling things, some some shot stuff, and like the handling I think is a real a very real skill for him, and the, the shooting isn't. But I care more about the crazy rotations where he just grabs the ball and then is leading the break like and and the movement skills and and just like his feel oh man i there are so many special things to this guy um i i think i think he i think he's a he's a really good prospect yeah Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror, and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it's waterproof, which makes for easy operation 
and cleaning. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Um, should we should we finish up now with our, our catching eye guys? Yeah, I'd love I'd love to. Um so I had, I had a few guys. First I had Jalen Harris, who's in the 2020 class, uh, Nevada combo guard. I just haven't given him enough credit as a defensive player. Um, I think he's not terrible. Uh, has engagement issues where he's not in a stance, um, and like and like will die on screens and that sort of thing. But he is pretty engaged off the ball. I think that it's disappointing the frequency with which his like digs and and stunts and rotations are a tick late like he just sees it just a second late and i think that'll be exacerbated in the nba um but like his footwork chasing off screens is really good um there's just a lot there that's like not terrible and for a guy who's a self-creating combo guard i think that's nice to have um and worth noting i just haven't i don't think i've given enough credit in that what level of fear do you think he is uh not unbelievable i i'm like i don't love him as a prospect i'm still relatively low on him but i think that he uh, he's worth taking more seriously now that i think he can kind of hold his own on defense because he's come up on a bunch of like uh like shooting thresholds not by like by volume rather than by season Mm -hmm. just like you know doing like light trawling for for returning guys Uh and you know going through the the san diego state film you know, I've come across moments where I'm like, okay, I might be too low here, or not have yeah. him a serious enough like idea if he's closer to that like uh, shortened sophomore season. Not that he has to shoot forty percent from three, but like if it's thirty eight rather than thirty six um, or thirty nine, I mean, it's he's like an eighty four percent free throw shooter. Yeah, he's I a, am. He, he's I'm a really complete scorer. Like, um. Well, I mean, he, beyond the shooting, I mean, just like some of the creation, like the smoothness that, like, with he, with, 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 which, with which he drives, um, you know, like there's just there's so much good stuff as a self creator. I feel like I probably haven't given enough given him enough credit there. Is like he is really like impressive as a scorer at all levels, um, and I think like he's probably one of the better like pure guard scorers in the class. Honestly, I mean, I think he's up there. I think that's definitely true. Um, there might be a little bit of Nevada fatigue in terms of yeah. like, of like well, what what here is a hundred percent real. Um, yeah, but I, I think that he's somebody who is certainly draftable, especially in you know if oh, you're, for sure. oh, if for you're sure. a little, yeah. I think that you can kind of run the gamut of opinions on him, um, but it makes sense. Uh, you guys mind if I go next? Yeah, take your take your guy. Uh, let's go with Tremont Mark. Uh, he's going to be a freshman at uh, Houston. Uh, and Kelvin Sampson, we trust. Uh, 6'4", lefty. I'd say like plus three, plus four wingspan. Uh, shot bad in EYBL, but really good in high school. Um, his high school numbers are 60, 40, 85, or his EYBL numbers are 45, 26, 70. So a bit of a split. Um, but yeah. really good movement skills. Uh, creates advantage and is super uh is super creative um the shot mechanics bug me a little bit um it's from it's across the body um on a hip uh he's listed at 6'5 at uh i was hoping he was going to get to like closer to 
like six six uh six seven as things went um because i really like him as a wing rather than as like a one but um i trust kelvin to like adjust shooting mechanics a little bit and that level of spike to high school texas isn't really a place that i find uh distorts shooting numbers that much i don't know this yeah. to me this seems like a mid-major guy that i've like has jumped out yeah i didn't really like him the little bit i saw in uibl um i have not seen him play high school I think he becomes more interesting when you think of him as a wing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I haven't like seen much of him, so I, I'm not going to have, like, a concrete Traymond Mark opinion. Yeah, I mean, like, there's some Bones Highland stuff with, like, how he moves off of uh, off of possessions and, like, his ability yeah. to get to finishes. Like, he has a lot of, like, he gets hit early, he'll clutch, and then scoop underhand. So it's, like, sort of three movements on a finish, and for a skinny guy, like, that's – pretty remarkable prior perception um so like i think that he's a guy who's not oh who's not going to be a one and done unless he you know grows dramatically during the year but for yeah. like a two-year guy in the houston system more of a wing with like in like he's a guy that for the 2022 draft i guess is going to be like the mid-major guy where you're like oh this is something and again doubting kelvin sampson does not end well yeah you want to trust the houston at this point like uh, he's yeah. I would say if you go back and watch, I mean, we're gonna get college basketball soon. But if you go back and watch the, uh, I'll send you some of the high school stuff. And it is very yeah. interesting the way that he please do these combos. Yeah, because a little bit of the UIBL stuff to me wasn't very impressive. But yeah, I didn't I didn't like him until people told me to go to the high school stuff and like seeing mm-hmm. the, the market difference in the shooting numbers. Where I was like, well, if he's a twenty percent, you know, yeah, that's, that's significant. <laughs> but if it's a you know anywhere close to i mean it's 41 is nuts but like if it's 33 we're still cooking with something yeah you want to go next um max do you have anybody else uh yeah um so i had a couple guys who showed up uh i was watching some mobley games um both are gonzaga commits um gonzaga freshmen uh Dominic Harris and Julian Strother. So Harris plays with uh, with Mobley at Rancho Christian. Um, he's just like an impressive guard athlete. Uh, I didn't have much of a takeaway otherwise. I, his his shot did not look good. Uh, lower body appeared to be a bit of a mess, um, but uh, just like was quite quite an impressive guard athlete. Um, so I, I don't think a guy this year by any means. But I I don't know some someone I just want to see more of and I kind of getting back to the roots of, of catching eye where it's just not like a new a new take on some established prospect just someone who Pretty did new. something noteworthy um but yeah impressive guard athlete um and then strother is like a wing who uh I, he wasn't like that impressive necessarily but there were some nice rotational moments on defense and he's got like a kind of developed runner game and that's kind of like all he can do because he's not like an explosive athlete or a great shooter but like it was kind of like lj figueroa-esque just like lots and lots of runners from a wing um which was like mildly interesting and i'm somewhat curious to track who he is as a prospect down the line but but again not a short-term guy what do you make what was that pd what do you make of the jumper I, I honestly didn't see that. I may have seen one, uh, and it didn't look great, but I, di- I didn't even see enough of them to, to like, uh, 
thoroughly interrogate. I kind of like the jumper, honestly. Um, I don't. I haven't seen him with Bancho. Uh, he's he he showed like he's he's done some pretty good like difficult shot making stuff with with Vegas um, UIBL that I've seen. Um, I, I've liked some of the shot the shot making there. Um, I thought he was pretty bad in FIBA when I seen him played with Curbelo, uh, Puerto Rico, I believe. I don't think he was very good there, but I mean, somebody I'm definitely interested in tracking as well because like that wing with some shot making chops and the touch, I think is fairly interesting too. So, the issue for me is that he hasn't been like a good free throw shooter in any of the venues I've seen him. Um, the jumper it hitches at the top, which to me is like the generally most fixable thing. There's a little bit of uh, he's on the skinnier side, um, so like he's going to need to develop lower body to put some range on it. He can be a tough shot merchant, but when he gets going, it's like my it was one of my favorite uh, shows in high school. It was like the games where Strother just started to make like high runners off the glass. Like he's getting 45. He's going to yeah. get 45 on like you know 1987 shot selection, and it is. It is a ton of fun. I think that he's going to shoot because I trust Gonzaga's uh, player development. Um, I think he's like a plus four or plus five. Um, it's pretty long. Really? Is that long? Yeah. And I think he's a good six five, if not six six. So I think that he's going to, um, if he's a two year guy and he can track some shooting on there, that's definitely like a, a, a wing to monitor. I don't think um, he's going to do it done. I mean, oh, yeah. I think he's a two year no, guy. No, no, sure. no, no. And the strength is going to help him a lot. Um, uh, with, with the shooting projection. Um, speaking of guys that strength are going to help, we have a brawlic watch. We might have a champion. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for this. So oh, excited. my God. That, that picture was ridiculous. I'm so excited. Uh, Ajax, or Ajax, depending on which pronunciation we're going to go with, uh, is reported to have gained uh, a dance hall siren here. 32 pounds in the offseason. Unbelievable. Uh, he is allegedly 212. Um, to me, that he was the best high sc- uh, athlete in high school basketball. Um, um, it's him or I, Keon. I mean, uh, to me, he's a better athlete than Keon. I think so. Uh, it just in, like in terms of how many different ways he can use it. Yes, uh, he's the only person I saw last year pin a shot jumping roughly from the free throw line <laughs> um, against like Division One players. Um, and if, if he gets any more explosive, like he was, if he was playing at 180 and now he's like around. 210. I assume he's going to play around 200, you know, cardio trade off, which we've talked about before. Um, I believe he was a zero percentile shooter um, in EYBL um, his junior year, but yeah. he made pretty strenuous EYBL at all. Yeah. Like he just didn't shoot. But he, I mean, the, the reported numbers I've seen from his high school senior season are kind of wild. Like, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I know Do he has, like, uh, I've, I've seen uh, game tape of him hitting five threes in games. Like okay. five oh. Wow. Um, the, the the jumper itself needs a ton of work. It's three motions. It's in front of his face. The release point looks fine. It's the uh, it's the the first and second stages of it um, that are the issue. Uh, the passing chops were the thing I was impressed with most. He's of such a good passer. Yeah, I um, really like Andre Jackson's passing. Um, look, I'm I'm not saying that he'll pass boat night, but like we might have two real prospects from UConn this year, and both of them are just. Ludicrous. Well, I like book night now, but I also don't like book night that much. Uh, I know you do, but yeah. So, um, like Brolic watch current champion. Uh, he passes Matthew Hurt, <laughs> but he actually added the muscle. There's there is uh, evidence, and, yeah. and like he's huge. He is huge. Um, 
he, he worked on he worked on the strong neck muscles. That's yeah. that stands out. Um, but yeah, uh, Ajax putting on thirty two pounds, uh, going from a guy that I was very interested in into like a guy who like might be a world wrecker. Like uh, when when UConn plays bad teams, there may be no second half I want to watch more than him and Bo Knight. <laughs> I and already Kobe. had him like pretty high, like relatively, and whew, I I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm I'm so excited to watch UConn. Um, yeah, they're gonna be really fun. Do we do we know if their injured guys are playing this year? The two season-ending guys from last year, uh, Polly and Cock. Uh, I think Cock's playing, um, but I don't know about Polly. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I had one thing quickly to talk about. Announced, I think today or recently that there's a new um there's. On October 25th, there's going to be, I think, a new tournament for high school basketball, the the Geico Top Flight Invite. Um, with that's in about that's in 10 days, uh, and there are some notable teams playing. Um, we have we have Chet Holmgren playing with Sizzle, um, Jaden Hardy with NATO, and those two teams are are playing against each other. Also have Prolific with Nate Biddle, Silva, Kamari Lands, Mikey Williams' new team is playing. Um, Musa Diabate, Joyce Walker. Um, so yeah, there's that's you know just live good high school basketball very soon. Um, something to be aware of. Buy Kamari Landstock now. Absolute synergy star from his time at at, at Lalu. Um, that's going to be such a fun tournament, and I'm excited to make sure that I have hard copies of every single one of those games because might be the highest level competition we get for a while. Yeah. All right, Ben, with that, are, are we cutting this marathon episode? I think so. Um, started off on a low, ending on a high. Um, again, thanks so much to PD uh, for coming on. Follow him on Twitter at Above the Break 3. Go read his work. Talks about the heuristic on Monday. Go read that if you haven't. Um, he's done lots of, of, of breakdowns on these 2021 guys we talked about way in the past. You can go find those as well, and if you can – Go read those. Um, Anthony Edwards out this week. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that one. Yep. Go read the Anthony Edwards one. Fun, um, fun in like a sadistic way or? Uh, fun in that I no longer have to watch Tom Crean coach for a, <laughs> a period of time. But also like I think Ant is super fascinating. And it was a uh, real uh, intellectual exercise to figure out where I was on him after all this time. Yeah. So Go go do all that, you know, if you're a listener of the podcast and, and not a reader of PD, fix that. Uh, you can follow the pod at prep number two pro pod. You have lots of fun stuff coming up with the draft. Draft is rapidly approaching all of a sudden, which is a really nice change of pace from what it's been for most of the existence of this podcast. Um, you can follow Max on Twitter at Max A. Carlin. Follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. And unless there's anything either of you want to say, um, we're going to cut it. All right. We'll see you all next week.